Wake up son, you've arrived, said the old man sitting next to Ritwick as the bus reached its destination. All the passengers started rambling their bags making a small commotion inside. Ritwick looked out the window and saw a big sign board with the name of his hometown written in bold letters on it. He's been away from home on a hectic company tour from the past two weeks. With half-opened eyes he pulled out his bag and disembarked the bus. He continued walking in search of a conveyance when suddenly he found himself standing in front of a tea stall just outside the gates of an outworn government office. Smitten by the fragrance of smoldering tea leaves, ginger and cardamom exulting from the teapot, he couldn't help himself and the next he knows he was standing next to the chaiwala impetuously. One masala chai, he ordered. Right away sir, obliged the chaiwala. He took out his pack of cigarettes and drew one out. He lit one tobacco stick and settled down on the vacant bench sitting right next to the tea stall. As the cigarette paper burned and he inhaled the first drag of smoke, the tobacco seeped into his lungs and a calmness ran through his veins hitting his mind with a jiff of serenity. For a moment the world around him slowed down. His tea arrived. The classic chai suit pair, heavenly. He took a sip and went back to serenity, but only for a few moments as all of a sudden he was dragged out of it by a howling and screeching race bike. As the bulky tires of the speed devil rubbed against the road it stopped right in front of him. On its number plate was written police in bold red letters with red and blue background. A lanky fellow dismounted from it and approached the tea stall. Without even asking he took one pack of cigarette from the stall and started smoking. With a distinctly visible frown on his face, Ritwick couldn't help but observe the disruptive fellow. A tall young guy, probably early twenties or late teens, dirty spikes, orange t-shirt, olive green denim with a half-torn back pocket hanging and red slippers to top all that. He had more rings than fingers on his hands. His stature and body language was screaming of arrogance, whereas his shimmery fashion choices spoke of his immaturity, especially his half-torn back pocket and sparkling gold chain. Baya, your past payments are due, said the tea vendor. The lanky guy stopped smoking and looked up giving a threatening stare to the vendor. He moved a step towards the vendor and out of the blue gave him a tight slap. Everyone around including me was in shock. Who is this guy? I asked myself. Do I have to remind you every time? Do you not want to keep earning or not? I think you need to find another spot for your stall, the lanky fellow screamed at the vendor. Sorry Baya, said the vendor. He could barely control his tears as he held his face while constantly looking down trying not to make eye contact with the guy. The lanky guy turned around and screamed, let this reverberate in all of your ears. Don't forget on whose mercy you'll are earning your livelihood. Bunch of ungrateful pricks. The lanky guy finished his cigarette, mounted his bike and scrammed away in a jiff. I was shocked as to what just happened. How dare a mere 20-year-old bully a man twice his age? Who the hell was he? Said Riddick to the tea seller. A belligerent brat, came feminine voice from the other side. Ritwick turned around and saw a lady approaching. Didi, that bastard came again. Sandeep asked him for his due and he. I know. I just saw what he did. That guy needs some harsh schooling, interrupted the lady before the other tea vendor could finish his sentence. The lady went to Sandeep and tried to console him. Sandeep wiped his tears and and tried moving on with his work but the humiliation and helplessness he just experienced was beyond any consoling. Here, take this, she said as she tried to give him some money in order to compensate his loss. No Didi. You know I can't take this from you, not for that bastard, came his reply. Listen, you call me your elder sister right? You can't say no to your sister, she said and put that money in his pocket. Sandeep took the money reluctantly. You sit Didi I'll make the most awesome tea for you, he said as he wiped his tears and started preparing for tea enthusiastically. The lady smiled and then turned towards Ritwick. 
Do you mind? She asked politely to spare some space on the bench which he was solely occupying. Oh. Sure. Sure. He replied making some space for her. She sat beside him and ordered a tea for herself. Ritwick looked the other way as he continued with his smoking. May I share? Came another request from the lady as he saw her arm extended towards him in the classic smoker's position. Ritwick, surprised at first, looked at her and then put his cigarette between the index and middle finger of her extended arm. She took a puff and quite expertly exhaled a near-perfect smoke ring out of her chapped lips. Middle-aged woman wearing a pink Lucknowy suit and black harem pants, well-groomed eyebrows, but chapped lips painted in red, a tiny silver nose pin, red-colored hair strands from her shabby bun falling all over her forehead. Ritwick kept staring at her, observing her from tip to toe, inhale to exhale. Her personality and way of speaking gave the impression of a well-educated woman but a somewhat peculiar physical appearance from his perspective. Sorry for hijacking your smoke she said apologetically. It's fine, I had one already he replied. Do you come here regularly? These people seems to know you, he further asked. Yeah, my work brings me here often. That's how we know each other, she replied. Work? You work here? He asked curiously. I have an NGO, Hope for Homeless. We help homeless and less privileged people like Sandeep to help sustain their source of income and support their families. So my work takes me to many such places. Nice. That's very noble. I'm Ritwick by the way. Shraddha, nice to meet you Ritwick by the way, she smiled. Ritwick chuckled as he grabbed her hand for a handshake. So what inspired you to do what you do, he asked. Shraddha looked at him, took one deep drag and replied, well, I was a blogger first. After college I became a travel blogger slash writer slash photographer. My job required me to be on the road for days, writing about my travel experiences, clicking pictures, writing blogs, articles, reviews etc. It was during those days I got to see the real India. The country and its people, the reality of which is so much different from what I used to see on my TV and mobile screen or read in newspapers. I was actually raised with a lot of pampering. A typical urban child, went to one of the best schools in the city, then a good college and then had the privilege to chose my passion as my profession. I didn't realize how many things in my life I've been taking for granted due to my privileged upbringing until I saw and interacted with these people. She took a sip of tea and passed the cigarette to Ritwick. Ritwick took a deep drag and exhaled. Who is this brat? He asked. He's nothing, his dad is. He was the son of the local SHO. His father comes here with his bunch of other corrupt policemen and take weekly bribes from these vendors in order to allow them to put their stalls here. His son comes here from time to time, sometime alone, sometime with his friends, takes stuff, doesn't pay, bullies these people while threatening them. Once a man fought back, they all beat him to the pulp and left him on the street to die. He didn't survive. The guy's father saved him from any repercussions by destroying evidences and threatening witnesses. The whole fiasco only fueled the guy's arrogance that he's untouchable. Goddamn. Yeah. These people can't say much as the threat of evacuation looms over them all the time. They have families to support. Most of these people have come after leaving their homes from quite far away. These stalls are their only source of income, their livelihood. But why these people are here in the first place? Do these people actually belong here? I mean I have sympathy with them but if they're living or working here illegally, then they should be moved to someplace else, right? Shraddha looked at him for a while and then said, you're right. They don't belong here. She then took a deep breath, care for a walk? Yeah sure, Ritwick stood up and followed the lady for a stroll. They both walked around the corner and stopped near a building. 
It was a red and white building of a guest house with 1955 written in bold letters over it. They paused and stood there looking at the building and its surrounding. A dozen window ACs lined across its freshly painted rear. Over it a white-colored roof extension also freshly painted. The clean charming structure illuminated by the bright white light of LED lamps. Below those AC rears were lined a few people on the floor wrapped inside their mushy ragged comforters. Both of them stared silently. This guest house charges 2,000 to 3,000 rupees for one AC room. A warm cozy bed, with room service and Wi-Fi. On the contrary, these people lying here are struggling for every jewel of heat they could garner. Said the lady. These ACs are venting out harmful emissions. It's not good for their health, said Ritwick. Yes it isn't. But do you know why they chose this place to sleep? Asked the lady. Why? Because of the hot air coming out of the ACs. It's keeping them warm in this chilly night. Ritwick skipped a breath by the thought of it. One man's waste is another man's luxury. Two segments of society living two contrasting extremes of life divided by a mere six-inch thick wall. The difference is too small yet too big. A little child came out of his blanket. He was wearing a torn t-shirt and dirty shorts. He rubbed his eyes, then embraced himself rubbing his palms over his arms to produce friction. He then stood in front of the hot air-emitting AC and slowly let go off his embrace as he warmed his body and got rid of the chilliness. After a few moments the man lying beside him kicked him away as he was inadvertently blocking his warm air. The kid stepped aside. His mother shouted and called him back. He rushed back to his mother and went back inside his blanket. Ritwick and Shrada witnessed all this in silence. Tomorrow they will put some plants here, fence the area and paint the floor as well making it squeaky clean and this place will look like a more posh and developed. These people will be removed from here and thrown away somewhere outside the city. You are right. They don't belong here. As a matter of fact no one does. But then where do they belong? And will they be responsibly relocated there after being evacuated? Ritwick had no answer to her questions. This is how it happens, the reality of development. Streets, Corners and buildings get cleaned up often by removing the litter. The corners get cleaned, the streets get painted and the hoarding and pictures of leaders are installed, advertising how they change the face of their city. But where did that litter goes, no one asks. Where do these people go, no one asks. Were they given a safe space to dwell after they were removed from these littered corners? Were they given new permanent homes after being compelled to leave their temporary ones? No one asks. They are removed like litter and no one asks, no one bothers. Our city looks clean now, it has developed. But look at the outskirts of every city and we'll find all that litter that. It still exists, away from the common eyes. Where do they belong? They belong to an equally squeaky clean house of their own on an equally squeaky clean street. But no one bothers because no one can see them. Or maybe everyone sees them, yet everyone ignores them. This is the privilege I'm talking about. What's for granted for us is privilege to them. Basic human rights, basic human needs look at that child. He was born poor, which is not his fault. So why does he have to struggle more to get even the very basic human necessities? And then there are people like us who are born with a silver spoon. I'm not saying we should feel guilty about it. It's not your fault either that you're born privileged. But to ignore it, taking it for granted, and flaunting it like you've earned it is wrong. Be it privilege of class, privilege of caste or privilege of color. You just have to acknowledge it. It makes you humble and also helps you notice the underprivileged. Acknowledgement is the first step towards raising voice against the injustice. These people have to fight for their privileges. When I say privilege I don't mean free Wi-Fi or having four-wheelers or having branded clothes, no. I'm talking about basic human needs like a roof over their head, 
four times a day meal or maybe two times, access to health facilities, sanitation, proper education. These are basic human rights which we are all born with it. Unfortunately what's basic for us it's privilege for them, she continued. If you don't have to think about it it's a privilege. Yeah. Said Shraddha. And the worst is when people like that asshole comes and waver their privilege in front of these people, teases them, exploit and bully them, shamelessly. That's the sorry part. We're not only denying them with their rights but also teasing them for it. It's disgusting. It pisses me off. It makes me so much angry. Rickwick felt the same anger as Shraddha's. He could finally relate to her frustration with the situation she had to deal with on a daily basis. Existence of such people sucks. This whole situation sucks. But they're too powerful. Their power is their privilege and there's nothing we can do to counter it. Not with our current power level, he said. Shraddha sighs in impotence, yeah. Too powerful. But, do you believe in karma? What goes around comes around? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry but, not really, he said. It's okay I understand. Even I didn't until I experienced it myself. I think every person is accountable for his or her actions and the intentions behind them. It's how nature maintains its balance. No matter what you do in life, one way or the other, karma always gets you, always. I understand but it's all faith isn't it? I mean there isn't any real evidence that you can back it up with, countered Ritwick. That's why I said you'll believe only when you yourself would experience it. It's faith. But faith is what gives you hope when every reason fails to justify something. Faith helps you keep moving when all hope is lost. Faith is our only weapon against powers which are too much bigger than us. Shraddha lost herself into oblivion of her thoughts. She gained a lot of respect in Ritwick's eyes. Suddenly her phone rang. She picked up the call and then disconnected with an okay. My cab's here, she said. It was nice talking to you. I hope I didn't bore you too much. Oh not at all. It was all very, enkindling. They both shook hands. The lady galloped towards her cab and went away. Ritwick waved goodbye to her and turned around towards the tea stall. He called a cab for himself as he left the place with a bunch of thoughts. In the cab he couldn't stop thinking about that lady. His admiration for her was growing more and more with every thought he was processing about her. He also realized a lot of privileges he has been enjoying his whole life but never acknowledged them as one. He was thinking about all this when he suddenly gets distracted with the sound of police sirens outside her cab's window. His cab slowed down as there was a traffic jam ahead, a commotion, something has happened. What is it? He asked his cab driver. I don't know, he replied. The cab moved past the commotion. Ritwick looked outside the window and saw a dead body lying. His head was covered with a white sheet while the rest of the body lied open and exposed. He could see his bare feet smitten in blood, broken red slippers lying beside, olive green denim with its half-torn back pocket dangling an orange t-shirt blotted with large crimson spots. His eyes widened as he recognized the attire and the obliterated vehicle lying beside the dead body. His heart beat fastened as he saw the bloodbath outside. His mind was trying to process the whole situation, but there was only one word that was reverberating in his mind at that moment, karma.